What's up? What's happening? Welcome back to episode 5 of the Natty Hattie Podcast. I'm your host, AJ DeVito, and we had three Game 7s in the second round. What a time. Two really good games, one really boring game. Scott, how you feeling? I'm doing great. It's uh, Sunday, which means round three is already getting started tonight. The West is getting started tonight, but we'll get to that later. First up, let's uh, let's recap the mess that was round two. What a round so, two it was. Very fun. So, I guess first we'll talk about um, the Lightning and Bruins, which was the... Well, it was the boring series, but it was the one that didn't go seven. Yeah. So, uh, Boston looked good, but Tampa significantly looked better. Um, Andre Vasilevsky looked like his normal self, but, uh, I I don't think Yaroslav Halak was enough. Not at all. I mean, Sakti lost Tuka. Halak tried his best, but at the end of the day, he just couldn't get it done. I think the player of the series for Tampa had to be Pilat, though. Or Hedman, you can go either one. But Pilat was outstanding for them. Um, I'd probably say it was Andre Pilat. But you, you don't see teams like the Bruins come around this often. And when they do, they traditionally completely blow a chance at a Stanley Cup with a really good team. Uh, and Boston is going to have some moving parts this offseason. Yeah, it also makes you wonder if Tuka Rask will play for the Bruins again, which, at this point, nothing's for certain. And uh, I hope he comes back to the league, but we'll see. Um... I guess next, then we'll talk about the other series in the East that uh, wrapped up last night. The New York Islanders defeating the Philadelphia Flyers in seven games. The Flyers, another team with the description of, had a team, looked good, wasted a run. I don't know. They really, the Flyers, like I said on this podcast, they never impressed me one bit. Before the series. They played very well this series. They had a hard-fought series. But they never took control of the New York Islanders like a lot of people thought they would. The Islanders came out to play and dominated the crap out of them. I mean, the problem with Philly was that their big guy... Well, their big guy started showing up toward the end of the series. But there was the unfortunate injury to Sean Couturier in Game 5... Um, Travis Konechny was kept off the score sheet the entire series. Heck, the entire playoffs, I believe. Yeah. But he Um, made the face. He made the stupid face. The main issue with the Flyers during the playoffs is that their power play didn't show up. It was terrible. Their power play finished the playoffs 4 for 52. Wasn't it like 6% or something? Uh, doesn't matter. That Not four, good. that four is a problem right there. That they scored only four power play goals, and they were over against the Islanders. Yeah, the Islanders kill was outstanding all playoffs long, and even yesterday, I was kind of nervous. Game seven when we had Pajot 
and Brock Nelson in the box. But, you know, they still got nothing going, even with our two best centermen out. Yeah. Two, two of our three best penalty-killing centermen. Yeah. I, no, no discredit to Casey Sezikis. Yeah, I think I'd rather have Pedro. I think it's Pedro, Nelson, Sezikis, face-off-wise, but they're all outstanding. Well, face-off-wise, yes, but kill group-wise, you've got Sezikis and Clutterbuck. Yeah, and yeah. Then uh, Pedro and... Uh, Bovillier or Komarov, and then Nelly and Bailey. Going back to Philly, though, Kevin Hayes was outstanding for most of the series. It was Kevin Hayes had a really good series. Scott Lofton also was outstanding, Scott, in my opinion. Scott Lawton was great, and damn, did they waste a really good series by Carter Hart. Yeah, it's a shame for Carter Hart. He was out of this world. It's hard to outplay Varlamov and Grace most nights, but he did every single night. He was the best goalie, without a doubt. Um, Maybe not yeah. last night. Maybe not last in, night. In the words, in the words of one Islanders fan on Twitter, Michael Sho- uh, Michael Shoreline. First to the Flyers and Flyers fans, Carter Hart, guys, this kid is the real deal. You got a keeper there, guys, and he's going to give the Metro a headache for a long time. On behalf of Isles fans, this isn't the end. This is the beginning, and it really is because. Guys like Joel Farabee and Oscar Lindblom, who, what a story. Yeah, we didn't even bring that up yet. Yeah, he, what a fantastic story. Coming back from Ewing Sarcoma uh, less than a year ago and playing in the playoffs, unbelievable. But guys like him and Joel Farabee to an extent, Ivan Provorov, Travis Sanheim, Carter Hart, I said already but like it can't be stressed enough the fact that the young guys got playoff experience and they they've got more on the way they've got guys like morgan frost and they've mm-hmm. got cam york who's one of the uh star defensemen at the university of michigan um they've got tons of ton upon tons of youth and they're gonna be they're gonna be a thorn in the Islanders and the entire league side for years to come. Yeah, they do have a lot looking up for them right now still. It's just a sh- it's sad for them that their big guys like Giroux, Voracek, they didn't show up. And Giroux, Voracek, Couturier, Konechny, J- JVR and Hayes showed up. Yeah, JVR showed up. That's saying something. JVR and Hayes showed, showed up toward the end of the series. Uh, pro- their their defense was good at some points. Yeah, that's fair. Provi Myers looked pretty good. Provi and Sanheim had really good series, but on the other hand, Robert Haig and Justin Braun did not. No, not at all. Um. So I guess moving on. No, to no, no. I still have some. I still have a few things to say. One more question going to Philly. What's going to happen with shit and Gossip Spare now? He's staying. He's going to stay. I don't know. We'll see what happens there. And he's the- going to stay. It's too early to give up on him. He's been hurt. Well, he's been hurt. It's not like he's been bad. He's been hurt. All right, that's fair. And then one more thing on the Islanders. Who would have guessed two years ago that the New York Islanders would be in the Eastern Conference Finals after John Tavares left and that they're primary point leader would be Josh Bailey right now. What a ser- what a playoffs Bailey's having. I think he has 17 points in 15 games. 
Unreal numbers. 16 points in 16 games. There we have it. Josh Bailey, what a guy. His number should be retired at the end of his career for the New York Islanders. All right. Moving on to the West. Let's start with uh, the snooze fest. (laughs) I, I I can't even call it a snooze fest. Vegas versus Thatcher Demko. <laughs> Another weird series, but it was a good one. What a showing by Demko. Yeah, I mean, they still have Demko, Markstrom, and they still have Michael DiPietro, who's really, really... I, I don't I don't love DiPietro, but Markstrom's gone. Bad flashbacks to the last name, DiPietro. Markstrom's gone. Markstrom's gone. DiPietro's going to be really good. Not really good, but I think he's going to be solid. I'll take that back. Dem- Demko's the goalie of their future. He was always going to be. Yeah. And Markstrom's going to command too much money when they have other assets to bring back and more important assets. Because if Thatcher Demko shows up like he did the entire series during a 60, during a 55 to 60 game stretch during the regular season, then you got yourself a goalie. Yeah. He was outstanding when he did play in the series. Unfortunately, it was after Markstrom got hurt, and we never wish injury on anybody, but that that happened to be the case. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how it is sometimes. Injuries could bring good or bad things to teams, but I mean, in the end, I think Demko definitely outperformed Markstrom, so I don't think Chuck fans would be too bad. They got contributions from all around the line. I mean, that's what cup-winning teams have, to be honest. They could go all the way this year. They, they could, and I still think they will. I, I still think they're going to win the cup this year. But we'll get to our predictions in a little bit. I guess we also have to talk about the Ryan Reeves hit on uh, Tyler Mott. What do you think about it? Uh, I think it was a weak suspension. Yeah, that's fair. And I'll say one thing right now, and I know there are a lot of Flyers fans who are still up in arms. You you see the suspension on Reeves, and you see that he got a match penalty, and they're still complaining that nothing came to Pellick uh, with the hit on Joel Farabee that took him out for the last two games of the series. Me, personally, I would have called it, but... It really depends on how the refs perceive it. But the, the Flyers needed to be more vocal with his injury. If they said Joel Farabee is out with concussion symptoms, then it would have been a different story. But they were silent. That is how it is they, during they the playoffs, were usually. silent when all this occurred. I don't so, think anything when it came out of it because it wasn't really that dirty of a hit it was just the guy Farabee didn't have his head up and he just got rid of the puck it was very unfortunate I hope he doesn't like I hope he gets better as soon as possible but I don't think the Pelic hit was bad I could have been the Reeves hit was terrible because he could have avoided it completely but it's just Ryan Reeves and he's known to stir the pot a bit Reeves should have had a longer suspension I Reeves should have gotten a longer season. I disagree. It's the playoffs. They're not going to give you more than one to two games max. So. Hey, 
Nazim Kadri. <laughs> okay. Well, when you take your stick and potentially try to hit someone with it, or what do they do? He's done so many dirty things in the last few years for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, so Reeves is a repeat offender. Okay, but I think what didn't Kadri literally try to swing his stick at somebody? Doesn't matter. Let's talk about Nazim Kadri and the Colorado Avalanche, though. That's a good segue. I like Woo! it. Wow. What a series. That was the best Game 7 I've seen in a long time. And the unlikely hero, Joel Kiviranta. Keep saying that name because I'm not going to be able to pronounce that one. <laughs> no, but um, it's just, it's weird. I just the, the most unlikely of heroes, and Barry Trout said it best, there's always a hero that comes out of a Game 7, and for Dallas, it just happened to be Kiviranta. He was open, he found space, Mike Hutchinson still looked, Mike Hutchinson still looks good yet. That save he had on Jamie Benn, and the one on Pavelski with like 10 seconds left, holy crap, those are great. He, he, he was Colorado's best goalie in the playoffs. Yeah, that's fair. And that's weird to say. Very weird to because say. Because they had Phil Grubauer and Pavel and Franco. Franco has been outstanding too. But unfortunately, both got hurt. Hutchinson had to step in. They took the series to seven. Yeah, Hutchinson, Hutchinson was great. Uh, Dallas, wow. I had them, like I said, going to the Cup all the way last August. Come on, keep proving me right. Make me feel better about myself. <laughs> Funny story with this series, though. So... As we know, Stars went to overtime, one Game 7 overtime. Maybe five or six minutes into overtime, I text my two friends, shout out Jake and Vin, because I know they like gambling a little bit, so I'm like, all right, guys, five bucks, we won't go anything major, if, I know they were rooting for the Avalanche, and I was rooting for the Stars, so I'm like, five bucks if the Stars win in overtime, five bucks, I'll give you guys five if the Avalanche win. Two minutes later, Scott, say the name, say the name for me. Joel Kiviranta. Scores and puts in the back of the net. I'm screaming at my job. It was such a scene. I was so happy. And I got 10 bucks richer. So shout out Vin. Shout out Jake. Shout out to my that, bank that account. Pay, that pays for a fantasy league already. Uh, pays for my Chick-fil-A that day, actually. Shout out Ooh, Chick-fil-A. That, that's an even better thing to pay for. Yeah. So that was a really good series. That was one of the best Game 7s I've personally seen in a while. Very fun back and, and forth. Commence to Nathan McKinnon, man. Oh, yes. That's what I was going to bring up, too. Second best he, player in hockey, without a doubt. With, without a doubt. He's he's shown that he can... I won't say put a team on his back, because... Yes, he can. He's got surrounding pieces on, like... Um, he's got more than a or two surrounding pieces than, like, Connor McDavid, but he's so good, and... Much, much, much deserved praise for yeah. Nathan McKinnon. Well, there's times in the series. I think he's better than Crosby, and I think he's showing it. Yeah. Oh, he he is right now. If we're saying, are we comparing Crosby when he was this age or right now? We're talking Crosby right now. Yeah, that's. I mean, Crosby's still outstanding, but Nathan McKinnon and Connor McDavid. You can't compare them to anyone anymore. They're in their own upper echelon. Yeah. Big word, too. All right. Me. I guess, moving on, let's talk about some news before we get into our round three predictions. Yeah, we'll talk more Vegas uh, 
round three because we didn't really go over their team much. And same, same with uh, Tampa. Tampa. Yeah, their series were a little bit less entertaining though. It was just like the games weren't really back and forth. All right, so moving on to uh, some some trade news. Uh, Jake Allen headed to Montreal. Uh, it was Allen and a 2022 seventh for a 2023rd and a 2027th. AJ, what are you thinking here? Because I think we have conflicting opinions on this. It's a weird move for the Canadians. I don't know. They got Carey Price. Jake Allen's a great backup. Doesn't he making like 3.5, 3.8? More. More. More, I was going to say four, but I didn't want to sound too wrong. So he's uh, making... It's more than that. I, I don't... Find out what's good. Let's look up how four, much he's three, actually... Five. Four, three, five. Four, three, five for a backup. Uh, I mean, that Allen is going to be paying that soon with Varlamov, but that's a lot of money for Jake Allen. And they gave up a third-round pick? And it's not that bad. The price isn't bad. The price is For the, the pick the isn't bad. The price is not bad at all, and it's... It was the Caps third and Chicago seventh. Uh, we don't know when. Oh, so that was the pick they got for Kovalchuk. Seventh is going to be two o three, and the Caps third is going to be eighty seven. It looks like, um, but I think it's a good deal, and for I think it's a good deal for both sides. And let me give you my my. I agree. Here. I agree. You go for it. So. First off, for St. Louis, they still don't have the money to bring back Petro and Finston. They still don't. Yeah. They only have about 6.4 mil in cap space. So if I'm them, I'm trying to... First off, I am regretting the Justin Falk contract. 100%. Absolutely regretting it. And I'm also regretting the Marco Scandella contract. But I think I think Scandella's worth 3.275. I just don't think it's four years. No, I wouldn't. I don't like that contract. I think I think if they gave him that for a year or two. Yeah. Because he's a strong middle pairing, bottom pairing D-man, and you always need those. But four years at th- almost three and a half, eh. Even at that um, point, you could have just kept Joel Edmondson, not got rid, gotten well, rid of him. Joel Edmondson went in Justin Falk. In the Falk trade, exactly. And I thought the Falk trade was good, and then they signed him to an extension. Yeah, that's um, fair. They need to try and figure out how they're going to free up money. And there's one name that keeps sticking out in trade talks where it's like, it makes sense. How are they going to do it? And that's Tyler Bozak. Bozak has a, I think it's a modify, a 10-team no-trade list. But the problem is, he's making five. Making five, and he's probably going to be a team's third center. And I have nothing wrong with it. He's a very good player. He is. He's a very good player, and a very underrated one at that. But... Still a lot of money. Still, it's a lot of money, and I don't know how you're going to do it, but you only have 6.4 mil, and you've got to bring back Vince Dunn and Alex Petrangelo, and I... 
it's not looking unless, good. Unless you, uh, unless you get rid of one or find a way to get rid of uh, Bozak or even Colton Braco, you're you're not going to bring both back. Also, now, on the other side for Montreal, and this ties into our next topic. Max Domi, he fired Alan Walsh and in turn hired Darren Ferris. Now, Alan Walsh is known for um, being Max Pacioretty's agent and Marc-Andre Fleury's. But remember, with Pacioretty, there was the whole issue with Marc Bergevin and the contract talks broke down and yada, yada, yada. Domi wants to stay with the Habs. He ain't requested a trade. So Domi let go of Walsh easy and brought on Darren Ferris, who is great really in good. terms of all this uh, negotiation and stuff. Um, so so um, Jake Allen, though, is a very good backup. Yeah. A lot of money, though. I think he, I think he's gonna be flipped next off season after Caden Primo's ready. But for one year, and then maybe flipping him with retained salary next year, it's it's a little strategic. They do have the cap space to do that. I like him better than Charlie Lindgren, who Not I saying much. I don't hate Lindgren. But I just don't think he's an NHL backup. No, he's not. Not yet, at least. I don't think he's going to be good. That good. Jake Allen, solid. Contract sucks, but, I mean, it is what it is. They have the cap space to take it on. Third round um, pick isn't bad. And then they've got 14 mil to bring back Domi, who's probably going to demand probably a bridge. Probably a bridge They'll Domi. probably demand maybe... Six. Yeah, five, 5.56. That's what I'm thinking. You've got Victor Mate, who well-deserved will get next time, Jim. How many games did it take him to score his first NHL goal? Wasn't it like 90? A hundred and something. Yeah, that was a fun... And it was a really good story when he did. It was a great story. I like Victor Mate. And he's a very good defenseman. He is. 127 games. 127 um, uh, and Mete won't demand a ton. Then you've got guys like Xavier Wallet, Christian Follin, Charlie Houdon, who either they'll bring back or not. Follin's a UFA. The other two are RFAs. Good depth uh, pieces. But they have 14 mil, and they have the room. And I, I didn't see anything wrong with bringing him in. He's a good backup. And... My main concern is, what is St. Louis going to do at backup next year? What are they going to do at goal next year? What if Bennington shits the bed again? I hope he doesn't. I love Jordan Bennington, but... I feel like it's going to end up being uh, Vili Husso, who did sign a one-way extension. Mm -hmm. I don't love Husso. I've watched a lot of him. He's not terrible... I mean, backup, yes. They, that starter that we all thought he'd be. No. We'll see. There's a few guys that are going to be out there, like Thomas Grice, who's known to be a backup. Uh, see how much he takes. 
I hope I hope as a Islander fan, I hope Thomas Garius gets paid. He deserves it. Alright, next up we have uh Todd Reardon, is now the assistant coach for Pittsburgh. It's a good hire. Very good hire. Good hire. But he called Jack Johnson a good defenseman, so <laughs> That was interesting. And that is why he's running the power play. <laughs> That's true. And Jack Johnson better not be on the power play next year. Poor Jack Johnson, I, man. If, I, if I'm Pittsburgh, Jack Johnson's not on my team next year. No. Kind of sucks for Jack Johnson. He gets ripped everywhere he goes. Well, I mean, Pittsburgh's still got to make moves. Yeah, we'll see what happens um, with that. Who, who do you think? Do you think Murray's gone or do you think Jari's gone? Murray's gone. Yeah. He's too. He's like Flurry in the playoffs. He's just not there some, at times, and you need your goalie to be there every night. I'd rather take the risk with Jari too. I just feel like some of this, some of the moves they've made are gonna. I I don't think they're gonna come back to bite them per se. But contracts like the Patty Hornquist deal, mm-hmm. Brandon Tanev, uh, Jack Johnson. Tanev's been pretty all right, to be fair. God, God knows if Marcus Pedersen's going to be worth the money. Definitely uh, not going to be worth the we'll, money. We'll see, we'll see what happened here. Tanev hasn't been bad, though. Oh, we should give him some credit. I thought it was I thought it was a terrible move when they signed him. It's a seven year contract. Yeah, I know, I know. But for now, year one was a success, we'll say, for Tanev. Y- year one was enough. It, it was enough. It was tolerable. <laughs> uh, I say um, Kapanen. That's still another contract, but I think he's going to be good. I don't think he's going to be first line. I think he's going to end up playing that second line right wing or second line left wing, whatever it ends up being, uh, with Evgeny Malkin. Mm-hmm. Because I think they'll put... I think they'll put Gensel and Rust with Crosby full-time. Yeah. I really like that line. And then the second line will probably be Malkin with Kapanen and Zucker, which is another good line. Mm-hmm. And then you've got just Jared McCann manning the third line center. Really doesn't matter who plays with him because Jared McCann's a really good player. So we'll see we'll see what happens there. Probably Hornfist and Tanev. We have anything else on the uh, uh stories? Yeah. Um, Arizona Coyotes. Oh, wow. Interviewing Pierre Maguire twice for the GM job. Yeah. And after that happened, um, two messages were sent out on Twitter. Let me read them. Go for it. So, the first one is from Mike Commodore. Good news for the people. We won't have to see or listen to shit stains. Bad news for Arizona fans. Shit stain will flush the Coyotes right down the toilet. I mean, Pierre Maguire was the GM of the Hartford Whalers back in the day, I believe. Which moved Carolina. Well, they were also playing in a mall. Yeah. It was just a weird fit. It was cool, though. They were playing in a mall. But the brass bonanza. Bonanza? Is that the word? Yeah. Another player, or another former player, tweeted out, I might throw my hat in the ring for the Coyotes GM job. That was Paul Missonette. <laughs> you mean Paul Missonette? What a commercial. Paul Missonette. 
What a commercial. One of the many where I'd say, if I got a nickel every time I've seen it over the last two months, I'd be rich. That's the one commercial I'll accept because I'm a big Spit and Chicklets guy, so shout out Spit and Chicklets. That's fair. Um, to, to be honest, do you think Pierre Maguire would be a good fit for the Coyotes? <sighs> Not at all. I don't know why they got rid of uh, what's-his-face, uh, Trico. Uh, John Trico didn't know. They didn't get rid of John Trico. Oh, John, John Trico got rid of them. Oh, it's very... I really, I really like John Trico, so I don't know. No matter... <laughs> No matter what happened, it's a downgrade. His front, his front personality was different than how he ran the team. Mm-hmm. Like, he, you know, the reports that came out about him not being involved in Taylor Hall extension talks. He took him out. He took him out of Taylor Hall. He took himself out of them. Um, the fact that he's super analytics based, he didn't use analytics. Like, he, he wasn't, he wasn't the best GM. He made some questionable moves. Uh, he made some good moves. But uh, now, whoever comes in, literally, um, Steve Sullivan, the current interim GM, is talking to Taylor Hall's camp about an extension, taking phone calls on players, including Darcy Kemper. And Ekman Larson. And he may not be the GM in two months. Yeah, I, I don't understand that. That's so stupid on their part. How do you think Taylor Hall's going to sign there without talking to their actual GM? I don't get that. That's stupid. Well, it's not even, like, at at the end, it's not even on the GM. It's on their coach. And Rick Tockett is a very good coach. He's one of the better ones in the league. He's one of the most respected and guys in the league. I think that... No matter what happens, first off, I think Rick Top Tockett will keep that team rolling. Oh, he will. They have a very bright future ahead, with or without very Hall. Futures, weird contracts. Castles, uh, Derek Stepan and Michael Grabner in the last year of their deals. Next year, it, along with half their defense, uh, Galagoski, Almerson, Demers, Osterley, all expiring. Auntie Ronta's expiring next year. I think he's gone. Um, but that'll be it'll be interesting because I really like this team that Arizona's putting together. The problem is they don't have the money. Yeah. To bring Taylor Hall back. Like I said before, I think Hall's going to Calgary or something like that. He he. I always said that he's going to go home, like he's going to go to Calgary and stuff, but <clears throat> the problem is this offseason is going to be so wonky mm-hmm. with the flat cap. So about 24 out of 31 teams in hockey are screwed. They're screwed. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I think he's just going to take a one-year deal somewhere. Maybe Boston or something. Even take a one-year deal in Arizona. Yeah, I could do that too. I'd like that. Maybe I don't want to one-year deal somewhere. in Arizona. Um, there's only two guys that I know for sure aren't taking one-year deals. Holtby. Um, no, the only two I know for sure that uh, said that they're likely not taking one-year deals and they're not testing themselves on a prove-it deal. Uh, Alex Petrangelo and Tori Krug. That's and fair. Tori Krug said that immediately. Like, after he was done, like, 
after the playoffs were done for him was um, <clears throat> uh, he said, like, um, I've been taking shorter contracts my entire career. I think it's time for me to show what I'm worth. That's fair. He definitely deserves it. And Pietrangelo's getting there in age, so I don't blame him in case an injury happens. Where, before we move on to our round three previews, where do you think Tory Krug's going to go? I honestly don't have the slightest clue. I have a team in mind, and if they're willing to pay... I'm not thinking money right now. I'm just thinking where I could see his last name on a jersey that doesn't look weird. Because it's going to be weird without him in Boston. You know, you know where you know where I'm thinking is a potential target for him. Florida. This is, player, this is a team that I've been saying could be a potential target for Jacob Markstrom or Braden Holtby and Goal. Not Florida. This is a team that is gonna gonna make some make some moves this off season because they're gonna have they have a ridiculously young team and I think they're ready to continue that rebuild and maybe. Maybe uh, shock some people next year, and that is the Detroit Red Wings. I could see that. I was actually thinking I could see him on with the Red Wings jersey. I think my I think Detroit's got so much going for them, and that's another that could be another whole topic for another day. Why I think the Red Wings are better than they look. We could save that um, for the off season. What? Yeah, we'll, we could. We'll definitely do that in the off season. But um. Yeah, I think like the Red Wings are a decent fit for him, and it's not even—it's not even just because of like his connections to the area. <clears throat> um, Royal Oak, Michigan kid, went to Michigan State University, was captain there, undrafted for, uh, signed with the Bruins, one of the best leaders, one of the best captains, arguably one of the better players in MSU history. Um, he's got the connections to Michigan. Mm-hmm. But I could also see, I could also potentially see teams like, I could see a team like uh, Winnipeg being involved. I could see a team like Colorado getting involved. Um, I, I, I mean, I could see the Devils getting involved. Um, I, I could see him in Arizona. That'd be a cool fit. Arizona just doesn't have the money. I know. But um, moving on to um, round three. Going on to, uh, apparently, Sean Burke is also interviewed for the Coyotes GM position. Sean ah, Burke also was their goalie fair. coach a few years ago. Uh, yeah, he was uh, Hockey Canada's GM for a couple of years. Uh, 12 years in the organization as a player, assistant coach, uh, development roles, and assistant to the GM. He's so always he wanted to be a GM, he said on the tri- uh, Spit and Triplets <laughs> podcast. So, he, I hope he gets he, it. He, he wants that job, I think. Yeah, he oh, totally. He, he said his dream is to be a general manager after his post-career. So, hopefully he gets hey, it now, there. Um, he may be a good fit there. All right, um, round all right. three. So let's, I guess, you want to kick it off with uh, looking at round three quickly? Yeah, let's go for it. Con- conference finals. Where should we start? East yeah. or West? Let's start with the East. Oh, boy. <laughs> Islanders and Lightning. This series is going to be fun. It's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, I'm... I don't know what I'm thinking. I ha- I had literally 
these four teams in the conference finals. I put Tampa beating the Islanders in like five or six, but I'm I, I, think, I don't I know still anymore. Think Tampa's gonna come out on top, but I think it's gonna be seven. I think it's gonna be a long, hard fought series, which I do not see in the West, and we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. But I think this is gonna be a long, hard fought series, and whoever comes out of the West is going to wait and be patient. Like but, Tampa was for the Islanders. If I'm putting money on it, I'd go Tampa 6, but with my heart, I'm going to go Isle 7. I mean, it's same here, probably. Um, What do you think is the X factor, really, for Tampa? Because I've got, I've really got one name in mind. And I have two. Hedman pull out, like I said before. Um, I think going into this series, really, the, the X factor is going to be Ryan McDonough. Because Fair. he is he is one of the better defensemen in the league when healthy, and he's been a little banged up in the playoffs. Um, Tampa's got a very underrated defense score. Like, they do. Zach Fogosian. Not not underrated in the sense of players. I'm saying underrated in the sense of their defensive ability. Yeah. Zach Bogosian, Victor Hegman. Um, Ryan McDonough, uh, Braden Coburn when he gets in the lineup. No, you haven't said yet, um, Sergachev. Kevin Shattenkirk, Eric Chernak, Mikhail Sergachev, y- even Jan Ruda and Luke Shen, who have only gotten into a couple of games. That defense is so deep. It's so strong in all ends of the ice. And I think, really, this is going to come down to who gets through who comes through on the offense Mm -hmm. and I think this is going to be really fun because we we still don't know who's going to be in goal for the Isles tomorrow night yeah really doesn't matter both have looked really good uh, but uh, the Islanders need to get past Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah. And that's going to be the hard part. I think Grace will be starting tomorrow, personally, but we'll see. My biggest thing is I'm interested to see how Nikita Kucherov plays. Because he, he's not a playoff performer, as we kind of know by now. Also, and- they still don't have Steven Stamkos. They don't have Stamkos, but Kucherov... He reminds me a lot of Evgeny Malkin. If you could throw him off his game, he's not nearly as effective as he is when on his game. Uh, Suspension. Yeah, I think you can easily throw him off his game, get in his head, play some mind games. And that's why Leo Komarov is going to be a big factor in this series. I think that's going to be his job, is to try to get Kucherov off his game, which would be huge for the New York Um, Islanders. We'll see what happens. Dalko was outstanding last night, but I think Leo's going to be back in. And what was I telling you before the game? He was in because of his forechecking abilities. Yeah, that's fair. He was he was skating toward that puck. Yeah, he was. I mean, he should he be. He was skating toward that puck last night. He looked good. I think I'm going to go Isles in seven, but you're putting money on it, Tampa I'm gonna in six. Go, I'm going to go Lightning in seven either way. Uh, I think the Isles are really... I think they have a chance... But we're looking at one of the best compiled teams ever in hockey history. 
in the Tampa Bay Lightning. So this is going to be tough. Um, in the West, um, I think it's going to be the opposite. Yeah. I, I've got, I, I just can't see Dallas coming out on top here. I just can't. I They're hope a they good do. Team, but but if we're talking some of the best compiled teams in hockey history, Vegas is at the top of the list. I don't think their team's better than Tampa. Personally. I, I think they're I think right now they're better than Tampa health wise, because yeah. for them everybody is healthy. Looking back at it, I think them not trading for um for Eric Carlson was a good thing. Very good thing. Because it got the Mark Stone. <laughs> um but you know we're just we're gonna see what happens here. I've got Vegas in five. Dallas is a really good team, but I think it's gonna come down to Anton Kadobin looking human. Yeah, that's true. I got Vegas in six, but I can see Vegas Anton in Kadobin, four. Anton I feel is going to look human during the series, and that's nothing against him because he has been—he's one he's of the best great. backup goalies. The league scene. He's been, he's been great, and he's gonna he's gonna get paid. Um, thank God that they have um, some good goaltending depth in Dallas and Jake Ottinger and Landon Bow. Um, so overall, I mean, you've seen Ottinger dressed a lot, uh, basically the entire playoffs as the backup, they're just very lucky that he hasn't had to go in. And I, I have complete trust in Ottinger, just not first, uh, first NHL game being playoffs. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that it's gonna come down for Tampa to getting a production throughout the lineup, like they did versus Vancouver. The game-winning goal was scored by Nate Schmidt. With I mean, with six minutes left, but um, like that team is so deep. Like you've got Paul Stastny playing third-line minutes most nights, and that's insane. That is, he is really good for a third-line center. It's ridiculous. Um, uh, just overall, I think that, I think that we've kind of figured out that Robin Leonard's the starter right now. Yeah. But I don't think he's back still. Top five goal in the league, Robin Leonard. Uh, I don't think he's going to be back there. I hope he gets a long-term deal somewhere. I really want to get a Robin Leonard jersey eventually. I think... I think um, I've got one team in particular. For, but now with this whole Freddie Anderson shit, I was going to say Carolina. Mm-hmm. And now there are reports that uh, Carolina may be interested in Freddie Anderson at the right price. So we'll see what happens there. Jesus. Yeah, that'd be interesting to see. But I don't know. But, so, let's just go over predict... Oh, uh, gambling. 
We can do that quickly. This has been yeah. a very, this has been our longest episode yet. But there's a lot to talk about. There is. I like having longer episodes, too. We'll do the Dallas-Vegas game, because it is tonight, and this podcast should be up around 2 p.m., so we got time. Game starts at 8. I'm gonna, I'll say, um... I'll say, uh, give me the odds on Denis Gorianov scoring. Gorianov, alright. Um, Gorianov. Another really good, uh, really good scoring player for them right now. I, I was always high on him. I was very high on him coming in this season. Uh, plus 290. That's really good odds. Cause... That's really good value for the production that he's been given in the playoffs. Ooh, I found even better. I'm gonna go, uh, Rupee Hint, plus 320. He's had, he's been struggling. That's why as you take it, he's going to score tonight. Put money at Rupee Hint. He's on the struggle Rupe bus Hint. Right He's going to be great tonight. You watch your mouth. And then for the regular odds, it's plus 145 Dallas on the money line. I wouldn't take it personally. The over is six and a half. Dallas is a very good defensive team. I don't think I'd take that either. So I'd stick to doing... Prop bets and player bets. Yes. Um, Alright, so uh, you got any final thoughts, AJ? No, I'm bought out. No more yeah, thoughts. I think, I think we've got uh, I think we got everything in. Um, now, now, now you know that I am high on the potential of the Red Wings and we can get into that another time. Yes, yes we can. So... You can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at Natty Hattie Pod. My Twitter handle is at Davido Sports. Scott, yours is still Baseball Fan 500. Lazy. <laughs> enjoy round three. Enjoy Labor Day. Enjoy your time off. Have a good one. Let's go, Islanders, baby. Woo!